With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Warning. You have entered the realm of the gods. So give us your mind and your full attention. So you say you deal with esoteric information? I never heard of such. Well, you're in for a treat. Suicide, I worship no idols, my style 
you stuck in your root My intelligence passed my cool The God is the truth Every time I step in the booth You stepped on the stoop Got scooped and swooped in my loop Do the knowledge Whack them seeds Get played like blue It was the son of the saw A gift from the gods Who ruled flying through the sky With golden wings Submerged into the light Knighted by the golden king With the scepter of justice Melanin cultivating she Until we are Ethereans Finally becoming one With the righteous sun So law Souls are raw Magnificent glow With unconditional love Scattered rays for days From the heavens above So below The souls Trapped in the lowest depths of hell Incarnated into 76 trillion cells To break free We must be refined Masculine and feminine properties combined The devil is the author of confusion 183,000 divisions in religions Denominations that's co-schisms and isms Though isn't it written in the Bible that Jesus spoke in parables The scriptures and gospels aren't just historical Many passages weren't meant to be taken literal Most of it is allegorical based on esoteric principles Baptist versus Methodist Pentecostal holiness versus Jehovah Witness Mormons versus Seventh-day Adventists Atheists and agnostics, divine and cosmic tactics of the reptilians, lower fourth dimensional aliens. So beware of the draconian Satanists, though they aim to imprison all true beings through ignorance. Though we crush the head of Leviathan, battle mind control, civilian suggestion, brainwashing, indoctrination, using religious politics, education, economics, health and labor, entertainment and war, no sex and war. In this chessboard game called life, we've all been pawns. Puppets on strings controlled by demonic spawns. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. Sticks and stones, no pain 
a work is only worth his gain. Attempting to keep my inner sane with lifestyle changes, highs and mountain plains. Seven thoughts, seven faults, no faults, who's to blame? It ain't the same, they take your names. I feel the sun, it ain't no fun if the homie can't have none. I see you run like Hussein Lightning. It seems frightening, exciting. I go with streaming lightning. I'm the Nick and Loki at night. Our new book. 
which is called The Spelling Myths of Ancient Egypt, Exposing Western Academia. So it's going to be a very informative book. Um, I'm very excited about the different uh, topics or subjects in the book, such as the repudiation of the Hyksos, that's a chapter, and uh, warning uh, to all African scholars, teachers, intellectuals, and students. It's the second chapter about the chronology of ancient Egypt. Do not use the chronology of ancient Egypt. You can't use that anymore. Because why? Because the ancient Egyptians, our ancestors, never wrote a chronology of, uh, of their history or their, uh, uh, their existence in Egypt and uh, during the time of antiquity. So, and then the next uh, chapter, the third chapter is on uh, dispelling uh, myths of the Persian myth, uh, which is the third chapter. And the fourth chapter is why the Metanesha Hieroglyphics has never been deciphered, which I have that particular chapter in my first book, History Origin of Christianity, why the Metanesha Hieroglyphics has never been uh, uh, deciphered. But I'm adding more to that particular topic. So that's going to be in the uh, fourth chapter. And then the fifth chapter in that book is dynamite because um, this has been baffling our African community for a long, long time. And that is, uh, the fifth chapter is called Exposing uh, Sumerian and Cuneiform. Exposing of the Sumerian cuneiform myth. So we're going to expose the myth of the Sumerian cuneiform. And my wife did over three years of intense study on that one subject. So uh, we are going to bring that book out, um, and that's a promise before the year is out, and we're going to be on a tour um, uh, this coming spring and summer of 2018. But when the book comes out, I will call you, Brother Aline, and um, you and Brother Fahim, to let you know that the book is out, and maybe you can have me on your show, and we can talk about it a Most little definitely. more. All right. All right. Most definitely. We'd love to do that. We can't wait for it to come on out. Okay. So it's going to be around the spring or summertime of this coming year. Excellent. Right. We're going to be on the book tour. All right. Yeah, around All the right. country. We'll the uh-huh. Around the country. That's what I'm talking about. All right. All right. So, All right, I'll stand it. Yes, what you have for us tonight concerning the Western origin or the origin of Western religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, the three dirty religions, as, as, as you've often said. Well, I, that term, the three dirty religions, that's not my terminology. I, I looked up one day, and someone had bootlegged one of my tapes. Uh, a brother out of New Whoa. Jersey, my tape, mm. and he named uh, that tape, the three dirty major religions, you know, Christianity, Islam, and, and Judaism. But that's not my terminology, so I want to clear that up. But anyway, uh, another thing I want to clear up is this to the listening audience. I want them to realize that no one on born with a religion, none whatsoever. We've got 7 billion humans walking this earth as human beings of all races, creeds, and color. And not one human coming out of their mother's uh, womb and body uh, attached to her umbilical cord had a religion when they came out of the, uh, their mother's womb. They were uh, given life 
that is there in dwelling divine spiritual birth that every human on earth is given life of their mother's womb as a result of their mother and father's sexual encounter prior to uh, the father releasing the sperm as it landed on the mother's egg to start the development of the nine months of incubation to bring forth a human being into this world. Now, that umbilical cord that is connected to all humans when they come out at the end of the nine months of incubation in their mother's body, that umbilical cord uh, carries food, air, and water uh, during the nine months of development of that human being. But now, the, do- the doctor cut to separate the baby um, once that was done our human being as a, as a baby had a gift of life that is if they're alive today they still have that gift of life as the, uh, their, uh, their divine spiritual birthright that they would not in a religion I want to listen to audience to know that uh, no human on earth was born with religion you didn't come here a Christian, you didn't come here a Muslim, you didn't come here a, a Jew, you didn't come here a Buddhist, no religion. So no human owner came with a religion. So therefore, how did we fit uh, these religions that are being practiced throughout the world by human beings? So you have to go into uh, the discipline of history to find that out. And then... There's another thing I want to clear up. They tell you that the first religion was Judaism. That's not true. They give you a Judeo-Christian uh, theology, which is misleading. The world's first religion, man-made religion on earth, was uh, Christianity. The second man-made religion on earth was Mohammedism. Uh, today, Clash Islam. So Mohammedism wasn't because Islam, today's Islam is a religion based upon a book called the Quran. So back before the Quran was created and beginning in 1870 in Syria by I.A.U. by Universal uh, of Paris uh, created that religion that we know today as Quranic Islam because it created the Quran. Uh, the AIU, Alliance Israelite Universal of Paris, France, AIU, they are the ones that created today's Islam, creating the Quran. So therefore, uh, one has to really understand and, uh, what happened uh, during the time of human history that brought about the creation of these various religion that we have today. Uh, with that, I want to uh, make sure that the listening audience know no human on earth was born with a religion. So now, but you do have religion. So you have to go in and, and use the discipline of history to find out how these various uh, religions came about uh, individually. So that's what I would have to say. Lynn. And what is that noise back there? Hold on, um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, let me see. Not me. 
I don't know. Um, let me see if I can. Is that a little bit better? Yes, uh huh. That's much okay. better. All right. So that's what I want to tell the listening audience. Those women on earth were born. You have to use the discipline of history to go into uh, and find out how these religions came about historically. Well, I hear that noise is back again. Okay. Brother Lane? Uh, yes. Um, yeah, I might have too many things open here. Okay. Okay, what about now? Okay, I, it's, it's clear now. Okay. Are you there? Yes, we here. Okay. We can continue. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, like I said before, the first handmade religion is Christianity. The mm-hmm. second handmade religion is Mohammedanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mohammedanism came and was practiced before uh, Quranic Islam that is being practiced today based off of uh, the book called the Quran. So this is where you're getting Quranic Islam from because uh, Jews out of France, the large universal Paris, uh, in 1870 went into Syria to create literature for the Arab world, which had no literature at that time. And they it took them 49 years to develop literature by the Arab world in 1919 in Cairo, Egypt. What they did, they, they, they used the biography and the life on Muhammadan uh, Ibn Ali, Ibn Arabi, Julius and they used his life and biography. They said remodel modernism to create what is known today as today's Islam. So the mm-hmm. penitentiary is very important for one to use. And then Judaism uh, is a man-made, all-made religion that came at the very end of uh, the three major religions being created. So discipline of history to really understand uh, where these and uh, how these religions came about into the world, how they, how they were developed, who developed them, them, and so forth and so on. Like, for instance, in the days of Quran, out here today, in this verse, in the days of Quran, Jewish writings, the Psalms, and the Pentateuch, and also in this verse, in today's Quran, is the four Christian Gospels. Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. So that's in the Quran today as I speak. Therefore, you have to understand that when uh, they tell you the story about a Muhammad fleeing Mecca in 622, uh, 
meeting the angel Gabriel. The angel Gabriel touched on the words what God wanted Muhammad to pass on to mankind. Therefore, Muhammad was illiterate. And by way of mnemonics, which is, means memory, he uh, received the words from the angel Gabriel to uh, inscribe, thus creating what is known today as the Quran. That was in uh, the 7th century, 622. Now, 
none whatsoever. They're strictly biblical characters with narrative stories attached to them. So one has to really, really understand this in order for you to uh, begin to evolve instead of revolving. Because that's what the world out here today, the people living out here today, are revolving in these religions, going round, 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 round. But they never uh, seem to be able to evolve out of this these belief in these various religions. See, and belief is very dangerous, very dangerous. Why? Because uh, all religions are kept together by way of the glue of belief and faith. Without an individual believing in the biblical stories or the Bible story, that's another book that should be discarded in the nearest garbage can that you can find and throw it in, get that garbage out of your life. But anyway, uh, these narrative stories are, are written in the Bible, uh, and the Bible is a book that uh, supports and gives support to Christian believers. Belief is very dangerous because belief incarcerates one's thinking. It limits your thinking like you're incarcerated into a jail. What happens when you are put in jail? You're given limited space. You're incarcerated into a space, a jail cell, and you do everything in that space, uh, but you cannot escape out of that space. You cannot move out of that space. That's your space that you are going to have to live in, think in, do everything in that space until you're released to freedom, you see? So uh, belief in these various religions will do the same thing for the human being. It limits your thinking. So you really have to understand what you are believing in, what you have faith in. And we cannot no longer do that anymore, you see. And another thing that I tell Christians um, throughout the world is that uh, the icon, the image, and the symbol of white supremacy is institutionalized in every Christian church throughout America and throughout the world. That dead white man on the cross is a symbol of white racism, is a symbol of white supremacy. Today, as we speak, uh, all around this country, in the United States of America, they are taking down statues all over this country that represent uh, the Confederate or people who participated and who enhanced and who supported slavery during uh, the 19th uh, century. Uh, and these statues are coming down all over America. Why? Because they represent uh, and symbolize white supremacy. Okay? Well, let's go into the church. That dead fighting on the cross is also a symbol that rep- represents white supremacy. So go into the churches and, and take all those symbols down with, with this dead fighting on the cross. And that uh, is some of the things that I'm, I want to say at this moment. I don't want to talk too long because, I, you know, I don't want to just take up all your time. But anyway, uh, back to you guys, uh, Brother Fahim and Brother Aleem. Well, Baba, what I can tell you is this, is that um, you probably won't be getting that challenge no time soon, uh, if ever. 
uh, because um, based on my studies, and I've even used the biblical information, the Quranic information, and it still stands up to what you're saying. So mm-hmm. um, my study verifies the same exact thing and the same exact information that you're dropping here today. So there's nothing to which that I yeah. can say about it. Uh, what what you got to say, brother um, Fahim? What's your take on it? Yeah, I think that was very well put, very well uh, in accordance with what uh, we've been teaching and what we've been lecturing on. You know, um, like I said, I can't wait for the book to come out next spring, next year. Okay. Well, Nate, I'm, I'm anxious now. Working on it to get it out. So, uh, thank you. I thank you and the listening audience for your patience for me. Because it's not uh, easy writing a book. If it was a, no- uh, uh, a novel, it would have been out. If it was a book of fiction, it would have been out. But you've got to go and research human history, and you've got to be correct when you come out with statements. You've got to be, have the right dates, because history as a discipline consists of five uh, rudiments, and that is time, people, places, events, and literature. You use the literature to document time, people, places, and events. So those are the rudiments uh, that is used to document human history, you see. So we have to separate uh, human history from pseudopigrapher history. Uh, pseudopigrapher, the word pseudopigrapher means false and fictitious history created by Western academia. Western academia comes out with History, which is based off of uh, fictitious pseudo literature, for one uh, to believe in, to give it life. Because if you read something, if you believe what you read, or if you're told something and you believe what you are told, then you, the human being, gives uh, the things that you're told or read life. You give it life yourself. So the question I have, I asked many years ago. What is the Bible its authority? And I had to contemplate on that for a while. What gives the Bible its authority is to you, the human being, reading the Bible, believing in the stories that is written and the literature and the narratives that are written in this Bible. You believe the story. Same with, with any type of uh, religious literature based off of books such as the, the, the Holy Quran, the Sefer HaTorah, or the Sefer uh, Talmud, etc., etc. So uh, these things that you really have to understand, and we're going to have to grow as a community, an African community in the United States of America. We can no longer sit in these pews of these churches, uh, sitting up there with just a belief and faith. Because when you go to church, when you go to a mosque, when you go to any type of building that houses a religion, the, participant, the participants that goes into these various uh, uh, structures don't have to think. They don't have to think. Because you go in the church, you go in with your belief and faith. Now, what are you to think about? You already believe this stuff, so there's nothing to think about. <laughs> 
See? So you stay there and you keep revolving, 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 revolving over and over again. But you, it's time for us as a people, an African people, to begin to evolve. Just like when we were boys coming up, our parents told us if we'd be good boys, that Santa Claus was going to bring us some toys at Christmas time. So we believed we didn't know any better. We were little boys, and we, you know, believed our parents, you know. So, but one day as you began to grow in age, you found the toys under the bed, under the closet, under the basement, or the attic, or somewhere before Christmas. And then you realize at that point, say, wow, Mom and Dad are Santa Claus. And you, you don't believe that no more. You know, if I ask you, uh, Dr. Alim, Brother Fahim, do you believe in Santa Claus? The answer would be no, because you have outgrown that. You evolved out of that, that thinking. So we're going to have to do the same thing with these various religions. We're going to have to evolve and change our thinking. But in order to do that, you've got to replace it with knowledge. Knowledge is power, okay? And you don't have to... Uh, curse no one, you don't have to hit no one, you don't have to confront no one, you don't have to uh, do anything uh, to anyone. All you have to do is change your mind, your thinking, and no one can control that. You are the only one that controls your thinking to make that change in your life. So it's up to you. Uh, I can only give you the keys to do that. Uh, Brother Aleem and uh, Fahim can furnish the, the platform, such as a show, to do that. But they can't, we can't come into your life and say, stop being a Christian, stop being a Muslim, stop being a black Hebrew Israelite, stop being a Buddhist, stop being a black Jew. We can't do that. It's up to you. You have to make that decision. And if you don't ever make it, nothing we can do. only thing we can do is I... Walter Williams can bring you the information. Brother uh, Aleem and Fahim can bring the platform for me to come on to bring the information. That's all we can do. Right. So that's back to you, Brother Fahim and Brother Aleem. Well, the the, the, the religions like uh, people be saying like the uh, Orthodox Christianity or Eastern uh, religion, like the difference between the Pope of the Vatican and Rome. Uh, so, do you think those come from the same source? Repeat that again, my brother. What did I say? Say what now? I said, could you repeat that for me again? Yes, uh, like the uh, they say the Orthodox uh, Church that they're different, supposed to be different than the uh, Church of Rome or the Vatican. And so they they what do, what is your take on that? Or they, they, they both come from the, from the same source, don't they? Over here, you what what Orthodox Church are you talking about? Uh, people are saying like the Church started in uh, the Coptic Church. As they called it. And where was that? They said it started at. Well, the Coptic Church is supposed to be a uh, uh, the the church that started in Egypt. 
and you have the Vatican of the Roman Catholic Church. Now you're getting, I'm getting the feedback from you. We're getting the echo back. Okay, yeah, that's the reason why I'm understand what you're saying. All right, now you got to, if you go into my books, Historical Origin of, of, of Christianity, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If you go into my books, Historical Origin of Islam, my wife writes a chapter in that book called What Happened to the Church of Hagia Sophia? The Church of Hagia Sophia is the world's first Christian church ever built on planet Earth. Commissioned to be built by Justinian and his wife Theodora in 532 uh, CE. And they commissioned ancient Egyptian African architects uh, to build that church and to design that church to be built. It took them five years from 532, and it, it was finished December 27th, 537, five years later. See, so that's the world's first Christian church ever built on planet Earth that was built in northeast Africa in the double-walled city of Constantinople. Constantinople today is, no, is known today as, 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 as uh, uh, Byzantium, okay? And uh, that church uh, was in use for 908 years until it was moved out of northeast Africa, um, in 1439, which uh, at that time, before the move of that church, that church had been uh, in existence for 902 years. In 1439, uh, John VIII went into the Curia, the word C-U-R-I-A, means college in Florence, Italy, and relinquished what is known as the donation of Constantine. And I write about the donation of Constantine, because the donation of Constantine, along with the Donatist schismatic controversy and the strong statement by Arius, those three historical events brought about what is known in history as the Nicene Council. The first ecumenical council ever held on planet Earth was the Nicene Council of 325 CE. So... Uh, so 902 years after the existence and the building and the completion and the use of that church as a Christian church, the seat of Christianity was moved out of northeast Africa, out of the double wall city of Constantinople, uh, and moved into uh, Europe by way of John VIII relinquishing the donation of Constantine. So, six years later, uh, on the outskirts of Rome, uh, over the catacombs, Eugenius IV and Nicholas V, along with, this is something uh, new, uh, Brother Bay and Brother Fahim, this is something new I'm about to say. It may not be new, but I think it's new. The Vatican was built by the Moors. You see? So uh, why do I say that? I'll tell you why. 
uh, one reason why, um, when the seat was moved out of uh, Constantinople in 1439 by John VIII, the Renaissance era was only 42 years in its existence. So the Europeans had no knowledge to build a building like that or to build any uh, uh, faculties like that, okay? And so six years after that seat was relinquished by John VIII, by relinquishing the donation of Constantine, uh, six years later, here come the Moors out of Spain. They were asked to come in over in that part of the world, on the outskirts of Rome, and they built in 1445 over the catacombs of Rome. The catacombs are the burial grounds in the ground for uh, the Romans and the Italians to bury their dead. So on the outskirts of Rome, over the catacombs, the Moors began to lay the foundation for the building of St. Peter's Church, known today as St. Peter's Basilica. If you look at St. Peter's Basilica today, it has a round dome on that church, the same round dome that you find on the Hagia Sophia. The Hagia Sophia still is over there in northeast Africa, in in, in uh, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and northeast Africa is known today as the Middle East. That, don't, uh, that building still stands over there, but it's a museum today, you see, over in northeast uh, Africa. Okay? Now, uh, the Moors, that's their trait, are direct descendants of the ancient Egyptians. And the ancient Egyptians' uh, culture and civilization is where civilization issues from, okay? Uh, from their culture, from ancient Egyptian culture, came for civilization for all of humanity. Every human walking this earth is using, uh, from the culture of, the, of our ancestors, ancient Egyptians, a, uh, a civilization, the civilization, and civilization that was created by way of they're living over in the continent of Africa in a country called Egypt. And by them being a uh, stationary, sedentary people, uh, creating a culture that brought forth the foundation and the rudiments of civilization for all of humanity. And so now, when um, white European Spain asked Africans from North Africa to come into Spain and bring civilization to them. They did that, beginning in 1051. Crossing uh, Mauritania and Morocco as a uh, crossing point, as well as the Strait of Gibraltar, to cross the Mediterranean going into Spain. They set up literacy over there by setting up a school system. They set up a government for the Spanish-speaking people. They set up and began to build buildings and cities throughout Spain, 
Seville, Grenada, Cadillac, uh, uh, Cordova, etc., etc. And they introduced also public bathhouses over there, thereby introducing soap to the Europeans for the very first time. You see? So now, when uh, the Renaissance era came, the Renaissance era is the 1400s or the 15th century, okay? So the 15th and 16th century brought about the Renaissance era, meaning the age of learning for the Europeans and also for the Europeans to come out of the darkness into the light, see? So they didn't have the skills and the know-how to build. So if you look at St. Peter's Church, uh, St. Peter's Basilica, which is the church, you see it as being built with a round dome on it, a little smaller than the, the church of the Hagia Sophia, the world's first Christian church. Now, my book, The Historical Origin of Islam, carries a picture of that first church ever built on planet Earth. It's on the front page, front cover of my book, The Historical Origin of, Christi- of Islam. And that book uh, shows you that dome on that church. And uh, you go back to St. Peter's, Peter's Basilica, and you see that same dome being built by these Africans known as the Moors, which is a nickname only. The Moors and the ancient Egyptians are one in the same, no difference. Just in, uh, uh, the change of name, okay? So uh, uh, they called, the, the Spanish called them Black Amours. And the word black in Spanish means Negro. Negro and, and black is synonymous. So they're saying these black Africans, these Negro Africans coming out of uh, the countries of North Africa, coming out of Egypt, coming out of Libya, coming out of Tunisia, coming out of Algeria, coming out of Morocco, coming out of Mauritania, came over in Spain, white European Spain, and brought civilization to them those uncivilized, heathen, Spanish-speaking uh, people there in Spain. So now he, they, when, when the seat moved out of northeast Africa, out of the double wall city of Constantinople, out of the Hagia Sophia uh, by John the Eighth in 1439, and who relinquished the, the, the donation of Constantine to, to, in order for that seat to be released and transferred into Europe. Uh, six years later, uh, 1445, they uh, began to build over the catacombs, like I mentioned, but it was the Moors who did that, okay? Those African Moors who were asked to do that because uh, you cannot say and call them invaders because invader is a conqueror. And a conqueror changes the conquered, changes their language. So their language, Spanish language, is never tampered with. So that's the reason why I said those Spanish asked these Africans to come into Spain to bring civilization to them. Now, there's a distraction with that name, Moor, because they got a Saracen Moor out here, a Saracen Moor. Uh, out here, saying that the Saracen Moor was invaded Spain and 
so forth and so on, where she says, I repudiate that. I have three places in my book, Sister of Islam, to repudiate that. So do not pay any attention to the Serashian mold mentioned in uh, pseudo-false and fictitious history created by Western academia. If you read about the activities of the Serashians, how they, uh, uh, who they connected with, what they did, and how they invaded, and how they uh, killed people, and so forth and so on. That's not our ancestors. That's not our ancestors. They don't have that type of spirituality. We still don't have that type of spirituality. We don't have that type of spirituality to go into somebody's country and rape their women and take over their country and conquer them and take their natural resources and cut them off from their history. That's not us. That's not our ancestors. So don't allow anybody to bring that type of information into our community. And, again, let's go back to these moors. They, they also built the Sistine Chapel. They were over there in, uh, on the outskirts of Rome, building and laying the foundation for what we know today as the Vatican. The Vatican is a double-walled city, just like Constantinople was a double-walled city over northeast Africa. Okay? And uh, uh, the, the Vatican is nothing but a a replica of the double walled city of Constantinople. Inside the Vatican today, you see the same things, the same structures. It's structured just like uh, uh, the double walled city of Constantinople. But it was that beginning uh, construction was done by a people, an African people, known in history as the Moors. They did that. They built that St. Peter's Church and St. Peter's Basilica. They built the Sistine Chapel. They were over there for 33 years until uh, uh, the Spanish Inquisition came about in 1478. When the Spanish Inquisition came about, uh, Ferdinand and Isabella created the Spanish Inquisition in 1478, and they hired a man by the name of Thomas D. Guatemala to be the Inquisitor General. Also, he was also the Inquisitor General for the Roman Inquisition. Now, what is the Roman Inquisition? The Roman Inquisition is contained, pertaining to uh, the Roman Catholic Church because the Roman Catholic Church allied with the Spanish government the Spanish government became the armed forces of the Roman Catholic Church. No, so, okay. The Thomas de Guatemala was used by the Spanish government. It's called the Spanish Inquisition. And then the Roman Catholic Church used that same Inquisitor General, Thomas de Guatemala, to be the Inquisitor General for the Roman Inquisition. So what is the Roman Inquisition mean and pertaining to the Roman Catholic Church? What is the uh, Spanish Inquisition pertaining to uh, uh, the country of Spain? Same formation using the same individual to enforce the laws of, the, of that Inquisition. And that Inquisition was created by uh, Ferdinand and Isabella. 
to get rid of the moles out of Spain. They had used us. They had used our ancestors. They had no more use for us. We have given them everything that they thought they need in order to sustain themselves. Okay? The Roman Catholic Church was allied with the Spanish government. So they, therefore, they had to get rid of the, the moles out of the Vatican at the same time. So that's the reason why you see the Spanish Inquisition coming from the country of Rome and the Roman Inquisition coming from uh, the Roman Catholic Church. Same Inquisitor General Thomas de Guatemala, same person used to, uh, for, for, for both entities to get rid of the moles out of Spain, you see. And that is something that I haven't heard anybody talk about uh, the moles being in the Vatican, building the Vatican, and setting the foundation, laying the foundation for the Vatican, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, those are the things that I want to bring out, Brother Fahim and Brother Aline. Uh, so I'm going to turn it back to you guys. Yeah, you shed a lot of light on that. You know, because you're right, they don't talk uh, too much about the boys building the Vatican. You know, no, you don't hear that. Kind of hear that. No, you don't hear that. The seed of Christianity, Northeast Africa, you see, in the Hagia Sophia. The second seat was over there in Rome today, which is over there today. See, that's the second seat. That first seat was in existence for 908 years before it was came on the on the outskirts and moved on the outskirts of Rome. See? So that, that noise is, that echo is coming back again. So anyway, uh, I hope I answered your question, Brother Fahim. Yes, you did. Okay, I want to clear that up. Uh, and then, oh, let me uh, clear this up. Uh, the first uh, Christians on earth were your Coptic Melkite uh, Egyptians. You see, the image that we know today is, uh, 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 of Christ or Jesus the Christ was created there at the Council of Ephesus in 431. The image that we know today as the Virgin Mary, the mother of this Christ, was created there uh, in uh, uh, at the Northeast Africa in, the, in Turkey. All Ecumenical Council meetings took place in Turkey, Ephesus, Turkey. So that's where you get, uh, once that, they took Serapis. Well, let me go back. Let me give you a, a, a little insight on this so you can really understand what I'm, what I'm trying to say. Um, and one day, next time I'm on your show, I'll give you a complete rundown on how uh, the creation of this created creature that we know today as Jesus Christ, how he came about, this image came about, uh, his character came about, and how this created creature called the Virgin Mary, how she came about, okay? But let me give you um, a little overview on that. It was the Greeks under Alexander the Greek coming into Egypt in, in, in 332 BCE. Uh, wanting to be made part of our African ancestors' uh, culture and 
sacred society. They were refused because our ancestors never, ever integrated with other races of people. They did not allow foreigners to come into their temple systems. They did not allow foreigners to mingle with them freely, knowingly, without force. So now, these Greeks came in using force, and they knew that in order to get accepted by the ancient Egyptians, they had to get accepted into their sacred society, but they were refused. Alexander died after living uh, nine years in Egypt. He came in in 332 and 323 he was dead. See, B.C. dates, you count down. Today's dates that we live in, you count up. So that was three, uh, 23 B.C. He came in in 332 B.C. So nine years later, 323 B.C., today's being counted down, he died. And uh, one of his army generals took over the control and rule of ancient Egypt. And that was totally one like a called Sotar. The word S-O-T-E-R means Savior. And uh, he became the ruler of Egypt. And he also uh, started what is known as the Ptolemaic dynasty of ancient Egypt. The Ptolemies consist of 14 different Ptolemies in that Ptolemaic dynasty, starting with Ptolemy one Lagi, called Sotar. Okay. So Ptolemy one wanted uh, himself to be accepted as a god along Osiris, Isis, and Horus in the temples in ancient Egypt. The, the, the pre-society of ancient Egypt rejected him until the male Coptic Egyptians were the ones that ran the government of Egypt. They were the Melkites. They're known in history as the Melkites. So they're the ones that went and found a temple in Memphis, Egypt, uh, to ask the priests and priestesses of that temple to make Ptolemy one like he called Sotar, a god. And what they did, they took Osiris and they took the Apus bull, Apus, which represented Ra, and they made a composite of the two names, uh, Osiris or Serapis, and they gave that composite name to Ptolemy. So he became Serapis with the attributes of Osiris, the attributes now the characteristics of Osiris. And then they went back and said, Now, uh, will you accept me in your temple society that I have the attributes of Osiris and Apus the bull that represents Ra? They said, No way. So he closed down all the temples throughout Egypt, except for that one temple in Memphis, Egypt, that made his image supposedly into a god by uh giving him the name of Osiris or Serapis with uh, the attributes of Osiris and uh, Aphos the bull. So that went on uh, 
645 years until we get up to the uh, Council of Nicaea 1 325. They tried to get our ancestors in the secular community to accept this Ptolemy as a god in their temples uh, and, and, and be presented alongside of the three major uh, deities of ancient Egypt, Osiris, Isis, and Horus, or Asar, Aset, and Haru, however you want to use it. Um, so anyway, once that was done, all the temples were closed for refusing to accept his image as a god. All the other succeeding, the 13 other succeeding Ptolemies after the first Ptolemy, uh, which has uh, the, the attributes of Osiris, which is named, uh, his name has been changed to Serapis, with the attributes of Osiris and Apis the bull, Ra. Uh, the 13 other Ptolemies that succeeded him tried to do the same thing. So that went on. The Ptolemaic dynasty lasted for 302 years until 30 B.C. when the Romans came in. The Romans took over and tried to do the same thing to uh, get the Serapis uh, accepted by our Coptic Egyptians, Egyptians in the secular community. You see? So now, uh, it was still refused to accept this, uh, this Serapis as a deity until, uh, this went on for 645 years until the Council of Nicaea I came about in 325. There are three historical events I write about in my book, The Historical Origin of Christianity, that caused the, the, the coming and the creation of the Nicene Council, 325, to come about. One was the Donatus Schismatic Controversy, the second was the donation of Constantine, and the third was a strong statement by Arius. You see? So those three things, which could be read in my book, The Historical Origin of Christianity, caused the, the Council of Nicaea to come about in 325. Arius was a member of the secular Coptic Egyptian community who said that Serapis was a created creature. Serapis is known today as Jesus the Christ today. He said that Serapis was a created creature dissimilar from the Father, meaning that he was not like the Father. Now, who is the Father? The Father is Osiris. Dissimilar from the Father, a perfect creature, but a creature nevertheless. So, with the Donatist Schismatic Controversy, the Donatist controversy is a 4th century African schism that broke out in Egypt in 311 over uh, uh, Mansurius turning over sacred writings to the court ruler of the Byzantine uh, uh, Roman government uh, at, the, at, at the encouragement for not to do that by Bishop Donatus and the Metropolitan Bishop Secundus. They said, don't do that. Don't turn over those sacred writings. You mar yourself like your predecessors before you did. 
So no, he went on and turned them over. That's called a known history as the Donatist schismatic controversy. Now, with that controversy and that uh, secular community, the Coptic Egyptian secular community being split in Africa, in Egypt, uh, that caused Constantine, who's the ruler at that time, to come up with a bright idea. So now we got, I got them split. I can find someone in the secular community to accept my offer. And that offer is known in history as the Donation of Constantine. The Donation of Constantine goes like this. He found a member of the secular community, a man by the name of Sylvester Warren, in 13-314. Uh, he said, Sylvester, I will give you my imperial emblems of authority over your people in the Coptic community, whether it's the secular Coptic community or and the Melkite Coptic community. I'll give you that authority. I'll make you the head HNIC. And you, everybody know in the African community what the head what HNIC means. So anyway, uh, Sylvester accepted that. Uh, so and the, uh, Constantine also told Sylvester, if you accept by emblems of authority, I'll give you this authority over your people, but I also want you to baptize me in your community. In other words, I don't have no authority over your community. I'll be just like one of you guys, one of you people, you see, because I'm baptized in, in your community. I have no authority over your community. You do. I'm giving you my authority. So this is what the donation of Constantine is about. Then Arius came along with a strong statement and said that Serapis, known today as Jesus Christ, was a created creature, a perfect creature, nevertheless. A created creature dissimilar from the Father, the Father being Osiris. A perfect creature, but a creature nevertheless. And those three things brought the Nicene Council to come into fruition. And I think I'm the only one, scholars out here, who is mentioning those three historical events that caused the Nicene Council to come about. So now, when the Nicene Council came about, they uh, took Horus, or Osa, which is the son of Osiris and Isis, out of that triad, the ancient Egyptian African divine triad. Okay, if you brothers, uh, you have a, uh, a a blank paper and a, and a, and a pencil or pen nearby. Brother uh, do hold on. Okay, brother Alim, can you get yours? I got it. Okay, is this brother Alim? Yeah. This is Fahim or Ali? Ali. Okay, I'm back. Okay, so both of you all are back, right? Right. And you and you have uh, both have pencil and paper, right? You have a pen and paper. Yeah. Okay, so all right. Now, let's go. I want you at the very top of your paper. Let's see what happened. I'll show you right on the radio. Oh. This created creature that we know today is Jesus. It's a creature that 
Mary, we know the day uh, the Virgin Mary was created. The very top of your paper, I want you to write the African Ancient Egyptian Divine Triad. Okay. The African Ancient Egyptian Divine Triad. Tell me when you're ready that you got that down. The African Ancient Egyptian Divine Triad. Okay. Everybody got that down? Brother uh-huh. Lane? Okay, take your time. Yes, we got it. Okay, we now draw it. a line under that. Oh, draw a line under what you wrote. Okay. Come down about two inches from that line. And I want you to go to the extreme left of paper. I want you to draw a. Uh, I want you to draw a circle. In okay. left of that paper, after you coming down about two inches from that line. Okay. You following me? Yes. Yeah. Now I want you to put a space, and I want you to draw a circle in the middle of your of your paper. Okay. Space between the first circle. And the second circle that you're gonna draw. All right. Okay, make it kind of make your circles big, you know, kind of large, but you can write in them. You got that down? Yes. Yeah. I want you to go to your extreme right, and I want you to draw another circle. You got that? Yes. Yes. Now, I want you to go below that right circle, and I want you to draw another circle under that one. Okay. Now, I want you to go to the middle circle. I want you to draw a circle under the middle circle. You got that? Yes. Okay, I want you to go to your extreme left, to the first circle that you're drawing. I want you to write inside of that circle, Osiris. I want you to write Osiris or, or Haru, however you want to, what name you want to use. You got that in there? Yes. Above Osiris, the circle where you got Osiris written. Face above that circle, which I said about two inches or so, I want you to put down there. I want you to put God and Father above that Osiris space. God and Father, right above that. Got that? God and Father. Okay. Now go to the middle circle where you got... Uh, uh, a circle drawn, and I want you to put in Horus, or Haru, in that okay. circle. Okay? You got that in there? Yes. Uh-huh. Above that circle, I want you to write the sun, the S-U-N. Okay. You got that? The yes. S-U-N. I got it. Okay. And I want you uh, to go... Uh, 
name. Right. That circle. And I want you to put ISIS in that. Okay. Put ISIS in there. And above that circle, where the space is, I want you to put God is mother. That God is mother. What was that? God is mother. Okay. Correct. Above the, the, the circle where you got ISIS written in there. Okay? You got that? Got it. Okay. Let's go to the middle circle. And there's a circle that you're drawing below the middle circle where you got Horus in there, right? Right. And I want you to put in that circle Serapis. S E R A P I S. S E R A P I S. In that circle. Okay. And I want you to put below that circle. You put the sun, the S O N. Got that? Yeah, I it. Okay. Now I want you to remember now, Serapis is the image of the successor of Alexander the Greek after he died in 323 B.C. in Egypt. He was given the name Serapis coming from a Coptic Egyptian sacred temple in Memphis, Egypt, by the priests and priestess in that temple. <laughs> and taking the name of two of their deities, Osiris and the bull representative, uh, which was Apus, and made a composite name, giving this Ptolemy the name of Osiris or Osiris. You got that? Hello? I'm here. You got that? You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Okay, so now Serapis is who? Serapis is the Greek Ptolemy successor of Alexander the Greek after he died. Hmm. Okay, you got that? Yeah. Okay, now his image, you ever seen a picture of Jesus the Christ? You ever seen a picture of Jesus the Christ? Have you seen a picture of Jesus Christ? Oh, yes, yes. That is a picture of Serapis, known today as Jesus the Christ. And I'm showing you it right now. I'm going to reveal to you how that was done. So now what they, now this is the Melkite. The Melkite Coptic Egyptians called the Ecumenical Council that is known today as the Council of Nicaea. Constantine had nothing to do with the calling of that council meeting. He had nothing to do with the running of that council meeting. Why? Because he gave his authority away to Sylvester Mon, baptized in the, the Catholic Egyptian community, made a member of that community. He had no authority over that community. You follow me? I follow you. So now, the, 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 all that meeting, they felt they're the ones that is now trying to appease the European by making this European Greek a god. You see mm. that? Yes. Now, 
what he, what this Malachite Coptic Egyptian did, they called that council of, 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 of Nicaea 1 to come out in 325, and this is what they did, how they, the method that they used to create uh, from the image of Ptolemy uh, this Seraphos into a god. This is this is a, this is one of the uh, the first steps that they did. Now they went into uh, they went into the and took Horus out and uh, and they took the that take an X and throw mark you Horus. Okay, is that the resurrection sign or? No, no, just the X. Just X and out. Okay. Then you're going to X out the name the Son. There's you okay. in above the Horus name, right? Right. But those, those two are X out. Horus is X out, and his and his uh, his relationship to his uh, parents are X out. He was the son of Osiris, the S-U-N of Osiris and the S-U-N of Isis. So he's no longer that no more. So now, down in the uh, circle below him, you put in the name Serapis in there, right? Right. Below that circle where you have Serapis in you put in, you put in, you're writing in the sun, the S-O-N. Right. You create a creature created by man. They tell you in religious Christian theology that uh, Jesus is the son of man. Well, man singularly cannot make anything with life in it. Only thing he can make is is a creature that has no spirit. Only time right. he can create things with life in it, he's got to be mated with a female and have a sexual intercourse with her to bring forth pro-life. The female cannot bring uh, life into this world by herself either. She needs the male to do that. See, so here you have. Now, follow me now. Are you following me? Am I getting too technical or what? No, you're okay. Okay, you're okay? Now, so now, horse is out of the picture. And his his statue uh, and... uh, his relationship between his mother and father, Osiris is his father, uh, and his mother's Isis. So now he is exed out, and the Seraphos is put in his place. And he is, also, he is, he is the son now, the S-O-N, of Osiris and Isis. You follow me? Mm-hmm. Yes. But he is a European, isn't he? Exactly, yes. Osiris and Isis are Africans. Because at the top of your page, you wrote down the African Ancient Egyptian Divine Triad. Okay. Okay. So, now, the Melkite, you want to ask them, have a question or something? Yeah, that's where the, the Father and Son Holy Ghost come from? or? Well, we're going to get to that. You're rushing. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's going to end up there, what you're saying. But I want to, I want to tell you historically how it happened. All right. Uh, this, this is not a rumor. This is actual historical events that took place. Now, um, the Melkite Coptic Egyptians, after eliminating Horus, uh, connected 
Rapers with Osiris. The Rapers now becomes the son of Osiris and Isis. You got that? Yeah. So that, therefore, the Melkite said that Serapis uh, Sir, Sir and Osiris are one and the same. God, now who is God? The Father. Who is God the Father? That would be Osiris, wouldn't it? That's correct. God the Son. Now who is the Son? That would be Horus. Nope, he's X'd out. Okay, that's right, he X'd out. Okay, that would be uh, uh, no, but Serapis. Serapis. Would be Serapis, because yeah. he's the son now. But he's okay. a creature. He's the S O N. There you go. Oh, right. You got that. So okay. now they said they the Melkite Coptic Egyptians said that God. And the Father, and God, the Son. Now, who is the Son? The Son is Horus. Now, who is the Son? Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Serapis. Right. And who is the Father? Uh, it would be Horus, because no. Horus had passed hey, away. You. But... <laughs> there you okay. go. It's, it's something new. He had to, you know, you know, just. Be cool, you you're getting it. So now okay. God the Father is who? God the Father, that would be um oh, so Horace is X'd out. Uh I would say the Read your uh, notes. Read your notes. Who is God? God, be, God the Father the would father. be it would be Serapis. No, no, no. No, no not not a Cyrus. okay. Look, look at your your circles now. The okay. circle. Right, that's Osiris, Osar. Huh? Osar. What's your first circle Osiris. that you've drawn? Oh, that would be Osiris. That's right. That's God. See, right, right above that circle, I'll show you, right? God the Father. You remember that? Right. So now, who is God the Father? Osiris. Now, who is God the Son? That would be Serapis. Serapis. Serapis, okay. You got that? You got that. So the Malachi says, God the Father, which is Osiris, God the Son, which is Serapis, the same. That is called Homogeus. Homogeus. That is also called the Nicene Creed. That is also called today the Apostles' Creed. You got that? Look got it. So now, I'll go back over with you. Uh, your show is two hours, isn't it, my brother? Aline? Your show is two hours. Aline? Aline? Your show is two hours. Okay, only two hours. Okay, all right, we'll be going off after a while. But anyway, I want you to get this before I go off. God the Father is who? Osiris? God the, the son, son is who? Serapis, uh, the son is Serapis. Serapis, okay. So now, God the Father, God the Son, the same. That is called Homogeus. That is also called the Nicene Creed. 
There's also called the Day of the Apostles' Creed. You got that? I got it. Now, that uh, they call <clears throat> that was done at the Council of Nicaea, one three twenty-five. Okay. We're gonna move to the Second World, Second Ecumenical Council called the Council of Constantinople, one three eighty-one. Fifty-six years later. Fifty-six years later, uh, they tried the Roman authorities tried to get our ancestors in the secular community to uh, accept the Moses Creed. They refused to do that. Okay? Now, um, let's move 50 years later, you come up to the most important ecumenical council meeting ever held on planet Earth, and that is the Council of Ephesus in 431. Okay? Now, at the Council of Nicaea, they took out Horus, the S-U-N, right? Right. They exited out. They put in this uh, S-O-N, the created creature Serapis, right? Right. And they, and they said that now Osiris' son is no longer African, but a European white man called Serapis, the son. You mm-hmm. got that? Right. Now, we're going into the Council of Ephesus in seven. I mean, four thirty-one. When we get to the Council of Ephesus, the Melkite Coptic Egyptians, our ancestors, are doing all this now. When you get into the Council of Ephesus, there were a controversy going over the human nature of Serapis, Eutyches, the father of monophysitism. And Nestorius, the father of Nestorianism, were both monophysites. The word monophysite means an individual who thinks that Serapis uh, did not have a human nature, only an Osiris-like spirit, but no human nature. Okay? In order for a, for a human being to be born... A human being has to be born through the body of a female. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Now, so the argument was over whether the Serapis had a human nature or not. So what the Melkite Coptic Egyptians did, they called this council meeting called the Council of Ephesus to get Serapis a human nature. But in order to have a human nature, like I mentioned, you have to be born through the body of a female. So what they did to get him a mother, they created a created creature called the Virgin Mary. Oh, the Immaculate Conception. Not yet. Oh, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> but you have to create. You have to create. You have to create a vehicle to have an Immaculate Conception. Okay. So they created, they took ISIS, you know, where you got the, the circle with ISIS in it? Yes. Cross, put an X to that circle. Okay. Where you got the empty circle below her? Uh, the empty circle yes. below her, you write the Virgin Mary. Okay. And below that circle where you got the Virgin Mary, you write uh, uh, 
the mother of God. Okay. Okay. Now go back up to the ice and say, you got to ask you that, right? Yes. You also got to ask to the mother of God is above her, her name, right? Yes. You're going down below in that circle. To t- uh, they took the, the attributes, the characteristics of Isis, and they created a created creature known today as the Virgin Mary. In order okay. to give the Serapis a human nature. See, you have to be born through the body of a female in order to have a human nature. So in order to give him a, 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 a human nature, they had to create a mother for him. This is how yeah. they did it. It kind of looked like, like working it down the line there, huh? Right. And they took Isis out and gave her attributes to this creature called the Virgin Mary. And the Virgin Mary, they gave a title of Theotokos. The word Theotokos means the mother of God. Okay? Now, what they did was this. So now you got two Africans eliminated out of that ancient Egyptian divine trash. Is that correct? Yes. They got two white uh, created creatures in his place. Is that right? That's right. Isis, uh, I mean, the Virgin Mary was given the car of Isis. The car means spirit. See, the car is your spirit. Okay. It's given the car of Isis. Now, That's K-A, got, right? C-A, uh, K-A? Car. K-A. K-A. Okay. Given the car of Isis. Now, the car of Isis is inside this created creature called the Virgin Mary. Is that right? Yeah. And now, in order to make um, the rapist into a god, he had to be born through the body of a woman. Is that right? That's right. Now, what's left in that ancient Egyptian divine triad is Osiris, the African, still left and showing. Is that right? Yes. But there's an odd thing happening here. This African has a, a white son who has a white mother, and he's African. So what the Melchite Coptic Egyptians did, now listen to this. Now, this is where what you said earlier comes in hand. The Melchite Coptic Egyptians, you know how they got rid of Osiris? Yes, he's supposed to uh, be fighting the, uh, what they call Set. No, I, I'm telling you how they, I asked you, do you know how, how they got rid of Osiris? How did they try it? Oh, yeah, they replaced him with uh uh, first they uh, replaced him with Horus. Then no, 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 no. They didn't replace him with Horus. They didn't. Okay. Oh, they replaced. They replaced uh, uh, Horus. They replaced Horus with uh, with Serapis. Serapis. Okay. Now I get. Okay. Now I remember. Okay. Right. You got that. But now yeah, here you have only one African deity left in that African ancient Egyptian divine triad, and that is. Osiris, the African, with a white European son who has a white European mother. Both created creatures, right? Right. Both of them were created by man. Right. You follow me? Right. 
Now, the, the idea is to get rid of Osiris. How did they do, how did they get rid of Osiris? Well, well Osiris. let me just tell you, they made him invisible. Oh, okay. They made him the Holy Ghost. Okay, that's where the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost come from. There you go. <laughs> they made him the Holy Ghost. You got that? Made him invisible. Took him out. So you don't see the it. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's right. The Holy Ghost is Osiris now, but he's invisible now. The Melchite copy of Egyptians made him invisible. Now, he's the Holy Ghost now, right? Right. So you only have the two figures remaining. You have an invisible God that is the father to this Serapis. Is that right? Right. And you have uh, this white mother of Serapis. That would be the Virgin Mary. There you go. Now, it says this in today's theology, that God sent the Holy Ghost to impregnate Mary. Now, who is God? God would be um, Messiah. That's right. Who is the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost would be the uh, Virgin Mary. Mm-mm. It would be? Okay. Going to the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. It's like they replaced uh, Mary with the Holy Ghost. Oh, no, no. no. It, oh, they did? What did they okay. do to Osiris? They made him what? They made him God. No, no, he's already God. Okay, okay. Oh, they made him the Father. No, he's already the Father. Okay. At the Council of Ephesus, they made him invisible. Okay, they made him invisible. All right. That's invisible is a ghost. Okay, right. Okay, so they made him the Holy Ghost. And what does the Father do? To, uh, what does the Father do? Who is the Father? They said that the Father sent the Holy Ghost to impregnate Mary. Sure did, yes. She was imprinted huh? by the Holy Ghost. What you say now? She was imprinted by the Holy Ghost. Yeah, to impregnate Mary. Now, who is the father? That would be uh, uh, the invisible. What they made the father invisible. Who is he... the father? Yes. Who is the father? God. Who is the father? That would be God. Who is the Father? So he be made Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost? Who is the Father? Go back to your notes. They're right in your face. Okay. Okay. Go back, uh, Go back to Osiris. Okay, Osiris. What did I tell you to write above Osiris? What did I tell you to write? Uh, say God the Father. Right, above Osiris, right? Uh, David, let me see. Hold up. No, just stop right there. Because you're going to... It's very simple, but yet it's complicated. Okay. Okay. Now, because we uh, we're gonna be in in a, in a few minutes, so I want you to get this for we have our time off the air. Okay. Now, what I'm saying to you is that we're at the Council of Ephesus. 
And the Melchite copies of Egyptians made Osiris invisible, thereby making him the Holy Ghost. Is that right? The Holy Ghost, all right. Right. It is said that God sent the Holy Ghost to impregnate Mary. So now okay. who is God? I mean, the, it's in a who is God? Who uh, is God? God, would, I would think the Father. But, but who is the Father? That would be God. That would be the uh, the Holy Ghost. Oh, no, no, no. My brother no, no, no. is very... Uh, still get that wrong, Osiris, huh? my brother. Horus, okay. Osiris, okay. not Horus. Horus is a S-U-N. Okay. Osiris is God and Father. Okay. But he was made invisible at the Council of Ephesus to be made the Holy Ghost. Okay. God is the Father, God, uh, God, the Father, and the Holy Ghost. It's one and the same. One and the same. Yeah, God and the Father and the Holy Ghost is one and the same. So now, who is God? Uh, God, the Father, and the Holy Ghost. No, who is God, my brother? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, we I keep confused. telling you over and over, it's Osiris. Osiris, okay. You're right when I told you to write above those circles. Yeah, I got it for Osiris right here. So look above the circles. You got Osiris. Above Osiris, you got God and Father. Is that correct? God, I've got God, Father. God and uh, Father. Yes, God and Father. Right. So who is God? Okay, God would be Horus. No. No, no that's no, a no, sign. No, that's you no, in. I, I guess. I guess. Uh, Elaine, is it Elaine? Elaine? The sun. Huh? No. The sun. No, no, no. no. The, I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, God the Father is Osiris, which is Osiris. That's correct. That's God. Okay. okay. Who sent the Holy Ghost to impregnate Mary? Now, who is the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost would be the, uh, well, I would say the Immaculate Conception, but. Uh, no, 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 no. Come on back in, uh, Brother Lean. Come on back. Oh, yeah. Who is who is the Holy the, Ghost? The created character uh, um, of um, Osar, the father, um, which the um, Council of Ephesus made into, uh, made invisible to become the Holy Ghost. That's right. Osiris right. was made invisible to become the Holy Ghost. You follow me? Okay. He, uh, he, was all, he, he has three titles now, God and Father and the Holy Ghost. He's invisible now. So it is said that God, who is God, Brother Aline? Brother Aline? Brother Aline? Brother Aline, is there? Yes, um, God, the Father, is Osiris. God is, uh, is Osiris, right? Yeah, I got Osiris right here. Osiris, God is Osiris, right? Right. The Holy Ghost didn't pregnant man. Now, who is the Holy Ghost? Uh, the created character composed by the Council of um, 
in order to bring forth pro-life. So this is what this demonstrates. You see that? Yeah. So that's how this Christ was created, a created creature. So I'm giving you information that no one else is giving you. Okay. So anyway, my brothers, you look at those drawings, and and it'll, it'll click in your mind the things that I said. Oh yeah, I got right it. Right there in your face. Okay. Huh? I said I got it. What I know exactly what you're saying. I said okay. Okay. And I said, right, and I said that. Well, anyway, I got it. I my brothers, you have anything else? Oh no! Um, give out the um name of the book one more time. Um, Baba Wales. Get back to what now? The name of the book. I think you're gonna bring out the spring. Give out the name of the book. Dispelling mm-hmm. myths of ancient Egypt, exposing Western academia. And I want the listening audience. You can email me or contact me from me at ancient Egyptian at msn. Ancient Egyptian at msn.com. Email me, put your phone there, phone number there, and I'll call you back and we can converse from that point. And the, uh, my two books, again, are out in publication at this very moment, been out for 24 years The Historical Origin of Christianity. This is the book that's ever been a man that walked out from human form, been a race creator, covered by the name of Jesus Christ. The second book, The Historical Origin of Israel, has been out for 14 years. The pieces of that book is saying that it's never been a man who walked over here from the name of Prophet Muhammad. So, anyway, uh, if you have any questions or calls or whatever the case might be, I'm open. Um, give the website one more time. Well, I don't have a website. They can email me at Ancient Egyptian, A N C. I E N T Egyptian E G Y P T I A N at M S N dot com. Put your phone number there. I'll call you back. All right. If anybody has any questions for Professor Walter Williams, give us a call in at five six three nine 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 three seven three eight. That's five six three nine 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 thirty seven thirty eight. It was a call. Make sure they press one. Yes, press one. You got a question. Okay. Um, there is one question um, in the chat room. Um, someone asks, how did the Egyptians slash the Moors end up here in the Americas? How did the Moors end up here in America? The Moors came over on the ship in 1492. But Africans were already living over here with the indigenous for hundreds of years before that. But tracing the Moors, they came with Christopher Columbus and it was over in this hemisphere of America. That would be my answer to you. And the next time, uh, if you invite me on to your, your program, we'll talk more in depth about the Moors, what happened to them, uh, and where are they today, and so forth and so on. Uh, 
and we can go into more uh, details into the history of the Moors, which is very crucial. And I is my intention that if it wasn't for Noble Drew Ali, uh, the Moors would be eliminated out of history because that's what the Europeans tried to do to, to the Moors, to eliminate them and erase them out of the country of Spain, out of the Vatican, etc., etc., and then erase them for their contribution to civilizing and bringing civilization to this hemisphere, which would be the third civilization that was set up in, in the world by our African ancestors, the ancient Egyptians. And when uh, the slave trade was formed in 1619 by the British, the Portuguese, and the Roman Catholic Church. Put the Roman Catholic Church in there. Because they caused, they were part of the cause of the slave trade with the Spanish and the Portuguese. Spanish and the Portuguese were the same. So in 1619, when they brought human beings out of Africa into this hemisphere to make slaves out of them, what they did was they, they put under one umbrella the Moors and those enslaved Africans under one umbrella, and they called them Negroes. That's how they tried to get rid and erase the existence of uh, the Moors out of this hemisphere. So therefore, when they did that, they created a new people with a new history. Right. Here in America with slavery. That's the reason why you see right. that museum in Washington D.C. called African uh, Museum, the African American Museum of History and Culture. Mm-hmm. That's, that's leading. That's telling us Africans over here who do not have a national identity. And that's what we need in order for us to have a nationality. We do not have a national identity. We are known as black people. Black and Negro is one and the same. So we're known as Negro. We're also known as African Americans. But if you go to the world map of human geography, you cannot find African American land on the map of human geography. You cannot find black land on that North Negro land. You're talking about a people ancestry started in America as slaves. This is what they're telling you. But I, as you know, brothers of uh, of consciousness in the African world community know that our history did not start in America as slaves. Our history is much older than our history started in ancient Egypt where civilization began. But the rudiments of civilization, all civilization began right there. And that one culture from the one people known in history as the ancient Egyptians. Well, now, uh, Brother Fahim, uh, yeah. let me tell you this before I go. We talk about the the, the first uh, uh, first uh, uh, Christians. You said with the Coptic Egyptians. I mean, Coptic Christians, right? Yeah, that's the Herbia. Uh, okay, it was. To historically, be historically correct, it was the Coptic Melkite Egyptians at the Council of Ephesus after they 
created, took the rapist and created him into uh, Christ. The Holy Ghost. Christ, okay. Well, no, the Holy Ghost is Osiris. We're talking about Cerebus now. Cerebus okay. was made into Christ there. Who okay. did that? It was the Melchite Coptic Egyptians who did that. So, therefore, they became the world's first Coptic Egyptian Christians. They became the first Coptic Christians on earth. All right. Now, nothing Ethiopia, because last time I was on your program, I talked about when Christianity came to Ethiopia. Uh, in the middle of the 19th century, as I went through that whole history. So the first mm-hmm. Christians on earth were the Melchite Coptic Egyptians who created uh, Christ's image from taking Serapis' image and made it into the Christ. Uh, and so therefore they became the world's first Christians. They were Coptic Egyptians who did that at the Council of Ephesus. That's historically correct. Okay, thank that you. Would be my answer. I had to go through all that to get to that one answer. Well, I, 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 I appreciate your directions. Well, you gave the directions you gave me. Okay, well, you study that. Both of you guys study that chart and all this stuff. You keep studying it down on you. You remember okay. that car? The car is the spirit. Right. See, oh, yeah. the I mean, the Virgin Mary was given the car of Isis. You right. see? And mm-hmm. the 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 car of 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 of, uh, of God, which is Osiris. Mm-hmm. Uh, sent the Holy Ghost, which is Osiris again, to impregnate Mary, thereby putting his car in her. Oh, you see? It got a male car in her and it got a female car in her. And they amalgamated the two creatures, created creatures together in order for this Serapis to have a human nature. And once that was done, he became the Charistos or the Christ. Mm -hmm. That's That's how it was done. And then maybe later on in the other shows, I'll talk about the other. Council meetings, council chapters of uh, 451, the council of council noble two, 553, the council of uh, noble 3680, the council of high rear 754, the council of Nicaea 2, 787, and the council of council noble 4, uh, the philocreek, uh, uh, the Fortress philocreek controversy, which brought about that council of council noble 4 in 869 and 870. So that's all history, human history. So maybe we'll get a chance to talk about it. All right. Do you have any questions, you guys? No, there's no questions. That's all I have uh, right now. Yeah, from what I'm seeing on the call line, um, oh, okay, we got one. We got area code 410. Area code 410, you want to end. Well, one zero, you on the air? Hey, what's going on, brother? Peace, peace. Peace. How you doing? We doing hey, fine. How man. you doing? Go ahead with your question. Um, hey, how you doing, um, brother Walter? Uh, my uh, hotel. May I um, talk to you, my brother? Yeah, man, there's usually, 
That's usually my workout days, but uh, I tell you, I think you gave everybody a workout with the Osirian Horus, uh, uh, the tree hat, you know, the connection. But, but um, yeah, uh, my my question is um, my question is about uh, Islam. Okay. And. I read, you know, I read about it being Muhammadism, Muhammadanism being referenced to Muhammadism at least in the 19, early 1900s. Uh, and also with, in the Bible, the Bibliothelia text, it having, it's, it, the, the name origins, is that reference to um, Islama or, or Ashlama? I think you know what I'm talking about. Could you could you uh, elaborate on that? Well, here, do you have? I'm not trying to sell you a book. Do you have my historical origin of Islam book? I got I got this book in my hand. It's some author named Walter Williams, historical origin of Islam. That's me. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I, I got it right in my hand. I'm I messing with you, but um. Yeah, uh, you go ahead um, and read okay. that book. Read a chapter where I put it, got in there, uh, uh, how they use the biography and life of Ibn al Arabi, alias Muhammad, to create today's Islam. You see, are you a Muslim? No, sir. Good. Anyway, read and study that book. You have my other books in so on in Christianity. No, I, I I gravitated towards your Islam book because at the time when I when I got it, uh, Christianity was getting so beat up for for good reason, of course. But it, it, it's like everybody was was uh, already on Christianity, and I was like, all right, but I, I'm kind of fuzzy on this, this uh, Muhammadism thing or Islam. And um, I'm, I'm also glad you're putting out that book about uh, dispelling the uh, myths of Egypt. Or ancient Egypt is that the name of it? Yes. Okay. I want you, my brother, to go into that Islam book, and you read where I'm writing in there about how the AIU, the Alliance Israelite Universal of Paris, France, Jewish organization, uh, created today's Quran, and how they use. Uh, Muhammadism to create today's Islam and how they use uh, the biography and the life of Ibn al-Arabi alias Muhammad to do just that so read that and that. but you have to study it now you just can't read it one time and put it down you have to go back again and keep studying it until it, until it clicks in, in your mind and it will give you information that will enlighten you Yeah, I, pr- well, I appreciate that. Okay. So is there anything else, my brother? No, I mean, not not to uh, monopolize too much. I mean, I, I, like, I like some of the questions you had in here. Um, some of my highlighters, um, you know, honestly, it, it's been a minute, to be honest. But, I, um, you know, if you, if you don't 
keep practicing anything, you, you kind of lose it. But uh, one of the things I got highlighted here, you talk about uh, you talk about a question. If there were biblical and Quranic characters such as Adam, got a little feedback. Uh, if there were biblical and Quranic characters such as Adam, Eve, Noah, Shem, Abraham, Israel, and Hagar, for example, where are the burial or shrine places for these religious named characters? Why are pilgrimages not made to and for these world famous religious characters? Very good Correct. question. Right. You see, a Muslim today, uh, any person who said that they are Muslim and that that was a prophet Muhammad, they have never seen a picture of Muhammad. They're believing in something they've never seen a picture of, or image of, or icon of, nothing. They're going by belief. Mm-hmm. So the question I ask Muslims, have you ever seen a picture or icon or image of the, this prophet Muhammad that you believe in? And they look stunned when I ask them that question. Because they haven't. Because it's against, they tell you it's against Islamic law to have a picture of Muhammad. Mm-hmm. You go, people go around and believe in something they've never seen. Just believe it. And we'll, we'll argue tooth and nail about it. So where are you calling it, from, my brother? Uh, Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore. Uh, okay. Okay, the, Baltimore. Uh, the, uh, the territory of Baltimore. But this, this is not really an academic question, more so, um, you know, a question you could you could you could answer from your personal experience, from from some of your closest friendships or or, or the friendships there were. How how has religion played a part in in uh, breaking up that friendship? Like like an example, you, you know, Christianity is. Is is uh, that's a given, but say like even um, you know I got a couple of Buddhist friends, and you know I, I didn't want to break that heart, but I, I was trying to show them that your, your Buddhism is not as pure as you think, you know, you know uh, Hitler usurped it a little bit, so you know it's it's everything is usurped, so I, I'm just wondering from your perspective, um, with some of your closest friendships, how has religion uh, played a part? In, in a separation, if you will. Well, no, I, I don't. Uh, I don't have. I don't argue over religion with other people, unless they bring the argument to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, every human on earth has a right to believe in whatever they want to believe in. I tell people I have no right to tell you not to be a Christian. Why? Because I didn't tell you to be one. I have no right to, to tell you not to be a Muslim. Why? Because I didn't tell you to be a Muslim and so forth and so on. Now, all, I, all I'm doing is bringing information to our African community to provoke thought. If an individual reads the story of how Buddha came forth into this world by way of the story now, they said Buddha's mother was married to a king, and they lived in a palace. And Buddha's... Uh, Buddha's mother 
They gave her the gave the name of her, which I don't recall because it's all fiction. But she was celibate, and she had never had sex with her husband. But she was celibate, and she was walking one day in her garden, and she got sleepy, and she sat down and in the grass and leaned her body against a tree. And when she woke up, she was impregnated. And out came this big fat Buddha. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now that's how they say Buddha was created. And Buddhism. See? So they tell people all this, these silly stories. And all you have to do is, is use your analytical mind. So now that doesn't make sense. How, that's not happening. No place on earth never have happened. No place on earth. So they're giving you another immaculate conception story. Okay? Without a female being impregnated by a male, like they did in the Christian story about this Virgin Mary, and impregnated by the Holy Ghost. Okay? So if you read the stories that's attached to these various religions, uh, then you say, well, no, this doesn't make sense. You know, if a person wants to believe those fairy tales, fine. Don't get mad with them. Embrace them. Still be friends with them. Okay? But they have no right to come into you, your life, to tell you what to believe. And you have no right to come into their life to tell them what to believe. So you can have complete friendship and complete harmony if you use that method. Well, that'd be my answer to you. All righty. Anything else, my brother? That was pretty much it. And uh, Dr. Aileen and uh, Brother Elv, you you can uh, still hear me. Hope you all had. Oh, a, yeah. uh, hope you had a good uh, solar eclipse. Oh, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a good lecture here. Yeah, I, I was outside. I was outside in there. I, look, I took a little peek, which I shouldn't have, because I had a night vision. So, uh, just like the ancient said, to show me of the Navajo and just another uh, um, Native American tribes and indigenous Aboriginal people, uh, when they say don't go out in it, stay inside, you know, all those types of things, um, it has some bearing to it. Definitely has some bearing to it. It is. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, um, especially for, for those that are uh, sensitive to the energy, you know, a lot of people, it's just another solar eclipse, you know, they they don't know a solar eclipse from a uh, <laughs> a street light, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah, you're about right. But, um, yeah, that's all I got, man, and, and hopefully uh, all are safe with the, uh, you know, the, um, Shenanigans, and they, uh, shenanigans played around in in the uh, northwest of Mexico. All these, all these uh, stage events and whatnot. Right. Indeed, indeed. All right. We appreciate you calling on, getting those questions in. Um, Brother L, you have anything to say before we go? 
Uh, I can say we had a good night. Right. Appreciate that uh, the science the brothers was breaking down to us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was that um, Baba uh, Williams to get it in. Uh, he always do when he comes on to the show. Have anything to say before you leave? Yeah, well, that, my brothers? I was asking, do you have anything else to say before we leave? You might have to repeat it, Brother L, because um, I don't think he can hear me too well. Because say what now? For some reason, my speaker is messing up. Right? I said, you might have to uh, repeat what I just said because it seems like my speaker is messing up. He can't hear me too well. Okay. I was asking did he um, have anything else to say before we go. They want to know, do you have anything else to say before we go? Brother Williams? Okay, sir, now. Eileen uh, wants to know, do you have anything else to, to say before we go? No, I don't have anything else to say. Is that uh, I love you guys. I love my African community. And I want our African community to begin to evolve because the time has come where we're going to have to stop revolving and participating in these foolish religions. So that is things I have to say. But anyway, do you all have anything else to say? No, we don't. Um, We appreciate you. Um, Professor Williams for coming on once again and giving a beautiful show. And what I'm going to say is that we have our event coming up September the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Um, next month, give us a call at 910-364-9099 and get your place um, in the place to be um, because we will be doing three-day events of law, history, and culture, all right? Um, so give us a call, okay, 910-364-9099. It's a three-day event. Um, each day, you will get some of the most profound information, just like what Professor um, Walter dropped here today, as well as also um, you're going to have some pro- profound speakers and practitioners to come to this event. So come on, you know, get on in when you can fit in, as they say. All right, this is our... Um, Halloween Expo, um, which we have annually, and this is presented by United Washington um, Moors, so that we can um, get back to our um, history and culture, you know, um, as what Professor Walter is bringing to us. So um, other than that, I'm going to say my piece, and we are out. When we talk about X-Men, what are we talking about? You know, are we talking about people that used to be men? Are we talking about female men because they're X-Men, men with, with, with female chromosomes? What is the deal? When you talk about the word X-Men, the X represents DNA. What's some of the motivations to really get into the devotion? The motivation for the devotion, this means uh, the motivation for the devotion is to fulfill the purpose of the creation of humanity. 
before we get into it, she gonna get into the skills, bro. So it's how we uh, acknowledge our bro. It's basically the intelligence. You take it in, then absorb it into dormant abilities to get expressed based upon genes being read RNA being synthesized and the message from that RNA then allowing ribosomes to synthesize protein you have to look at the magic. You got to look at the energy. You got to look at the message, okay? Study the science and get rid of the fiction. That's what it's all about. You will come to know that the being that you are worshiping is your true self. So, Sufi Master Bama Hadeen went so far as to say, only Allah can worship Allah. Only Allah can worship Allah. So that aspect of our being that is worshiping is the raindrop that has the intention to return back to the ocean. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.